This is the Inspire Leadership Podcast featuring my interview with Jeff Moore, founder and right leader of the SATX Social Ride. Thanks for tuning in to the Inspire Leadership Podcast. I am your host, Christian Sandoval. Today, we're having a conversation with Jeff Moore, founder of the SATX Social Ride, a group that promotes safe and social bicycle riding in San Antonio, Texas. Jeff's leadership in the cycling community has brought significant changes to the car-centric city. So without further ado, our conversation with Jeff Moore. Well, hi, Jeff. How are you doing? I'm doing great. All right. Good to see you. Yeah, thank you. Well, for everyone that is listening, I'm uh, sitting here with Jeff Moore. Uh, People in San Antonio might have uh, already heard the name because Jeff uh, was the founder and uh, the person who started the SATX Social Ride, uh, a group that is uh, over, like, what, 300 people now? Yeah, our, our rides, well, it's been a year since we've ridden together, but we were averaging over 250 people and, and occasionally over 300 people on our rides um, oh before COVID. Wow. We're about to get right back at it, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, you, you expect it to be bigger or what, what, do you, what are well, you expecting? Everybody expects it to get, be bigger since uh-huh. there's so many more people riding uh, bikes now than ever before, clearly. So uh, it has a potential definitely to be over 400 people, I think, easily. Oh, wow. So, so uh, what, what started everything? How, how did you get started? So I, I moved downtown in the, uh, the early 2000s, not even downtown, but you know, just a little bit north of downtown. Um, and I was riding my bike with a few friends. Um, actually, we kind of joined on with Bike World. They had a Thursday night ride, and that was fun. Um, but, but I needed something more than that, and I needed to get motivated and get myself out of the house a little bit more. I had actually... Kind of what spurred it was I got rid of my television at one point, one summer, the summer of 2007. And uh, I kind of used that as a catalyst to motivate me to get out and do something. So I started cycling and I invited a few friends and then they invited friends. And before you know it, we, you know, two or three people became 10 people. And then instead of riding from my house, we decided to meet at the Pearl. And at that time, the Pearl was empty. You know, there were no restaurants down here. So it was ample parking. And actually, downtown was pretty empty back then. It was it was very much comparable to how it was during COVID. There was no traffic downtown. After working hours, it was empty. You know, no one was living downtown. We had the streets to ourselves, so um, it was a perfect palette for uh, for just riding empty streets. And um, I think as people saw us riding, certainly by sight and by word of mouth, the the group grew kind of slowly. Um, and at that time, it was just about friends, friendship, having a good time, showing people the experience of riding through downtown on a bike and how much fun it was. And then um, around 2013, I think, I put it on social media, and then it just really exploded. And then when, then when it got to that point, it became a lot more about how do we manage this group, um, what are we doing for safety, um, And it took on a life of its own. It changed the narrative completely from just having fun with some friends and getting some fresh air and sharing this amongst ourselves to, and there's a lot of people coming out and they're enjoying this and and there's a need for this probably. And so we we added some some levels of organization to it, communication, uh, started bringing a first aid kit, starting having mechanics on board. 
started listening to a lot of uh, feedback from our writers, what they liked, what they didn't like. Um, and, and the writers themselves changed uh, kind of the vibe of the ride because we got new people in that hadn't been on bikes in, in 20 years sometimes. So, so it became kind of a, you lead this group while you're thinking about the people at the back that are struggling to keep up. So it was kind of a lead, lead from the back of the group is how I always think about it. Um, and from that, it just it just kind of grew grew with the the dynamics of the people that were showing up. And the, what was it that was uh, inspiring you all to do it? Was it the, Man, the it was, fun, it was, the health? It, it was, what um, was driving you? It was a little bit of everything, but it was especially the feedback I'd get from people that came out in their first ride. Um, and these are people that might live in uh, Seguin or the county, or our, we had a family from Holotus that would ride with us a lot, and and they were just blown away at how much fun they were having. You know, and it was kind of like adults revisiting their childhood and remembering how fun it was to ride a bike again. And then there were people that started talking about, you know, how, you know, this really helps them in regards to um, PTSD and, and diabetes and things like that. And that was after we'd gotten to be a pretty sizable group with a hundred people or so. Um, but that changed everything as well. You start, you start hearing this, this feedback from in the group about how it's helping people and, you know, it's, it's, now, it, it's changing their life a little bit, but it's definitely changing their outlook and, and giving them a reason to be excited about a Tuesday night, which they've never been excited about before. And all of a sudden, people are looking forward to these Tuesday nights for a lot of different reasons. And in that case, I mean, before it was about you. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it started off, I had to challenge myself to get out of the house. I'm a little bit of an introvert. Uh, way too much of an introvert. Need to get out of the house. You an introvert? To, yeah, <laughs> definitely, absolutely. Get okay. out of the house and uh, lose a little bit of weight. My cholesterol has always been uh, a problem, and and I can manage it a little bit with uh, with diet, you know, plant based diet, but I can't manage it enough without working out. So I have to ride at least twice a week to keep my cholesterol levels below that level where they'll, you know, ask me to start taking statins or something like that. And I don't want to do that. And I haven't taken any medicine since probably 2006 or seven, you know. So I've managed to keep my health with just moderate riding and, and a diet. So at, a, at the beginning, it was about you. It was about mm -hmm. you getting healthy and a couple of good friends. But how did, yeah. that, how did that change to be about the people that were in the ride? Because I'm hearing that suddenly you started listening. That mean you yes. cared? <laughs> or, yeah, oh, yeah, I cared. Yeah, yeah I, I cared and I... Um, I'm always kind of a little bit of an empath. empath. Um, I care about what people think and um, how they feel. But when I was hearing their feedback, that's what really changed everything. Uh, to me, it was, in the beginning, it was just, let's go on this fun ride. We'll get a little bit of fresh air. And it'll get you out of the house on a Tuesday. And then all these people are like, um, no, this is, we look forward to this. This is the, the top of the week for a lot of people. Um, and I never expected that to, it, to turn into something like that for a lot of people. So they, they were looking forward to it. Um, and, and I noticed a lot of people who started riding with us were getting better and they were actually moving on to other groups. Like they were, next thing you know, they have a thousand dollar bike or a $2,000 bike or a $5,000 bike and they're training, you know, and they're going on to become road riders and things like that. So this group came from, from being just friends riding to all of a sudden we're like an incubator group and people are coming in and. They're getting used to riding. They're getting used to being around other riders. And, and they move on. Some of them do, not all of them. But a lot of them move on. And they're like, you know, I want to ride competitively. I want to ride a lot more athletically. And the next thing you know, they're with uh, Cyclones or 700 or, or other groups like that. 
and that's perfect. You know, that was that was even inspiring in itself. To see but you stuck on. with a SATX social. You, yes, what, yes. What, uh, um, what had you stay there? So I, I thought after after a couple of years of it, I'm like, this is a niche, and and it needs to be filled, and it's growing. It's getting bigger all the time, and and so there was multiple things going on with that. It was downtown San Antonio was starting to become a living area, and they were starting to build apartments and and condos, and all of a sudden there's people downtown and they don't know what to do and they want to ride. So our, our base of, of riders just started going up and up and up. Um, so, you know, we just, we just kept growing at that point. So now if, if you go to the city, of course, and, and you talk to the mayor or any of the council people or the Alamari MPO, everyone knows the name Jeff Moore. How did you start getting, <laughs> how, how did you start getting involved in all of those uh, city activities? Yeah, I, don't, I think um, it was a slow process, really slow process. We, we rode for years and years without any, any exposure uh, or anything like that. But a, a couple news stories were done and... Um, I showed up at um, a special, not a not a council sessions, but but just getting active. And um, at one point, I think the city was going to give away part of McAllister Park to uh, a company to build a ball field, and and the bike community was just going nuts about it. You know, don't give up any of McAllister Park. It's, it needs to be a park for everybody, not just ball players. And um, and so I got up in front of uh, some politicians at that time, and that was the first time I spoke in front of. Uh, any council members or anything like that and that was I realized you know somebody needs to do this uh, I'm not good at it I don't particularly enjoy it but I kind of forced myself into it somehow I accidentally forced myself into it I didn't want to do it and now and now it's almost natural I think uh, I still don't enjoy talking to politicians or, or groups but I feel like I have to do it now what what makes you feel that you um, you have yeah to do it? yeah well I feel like I have a responsibility I think I'm, I'm responsible for um, uh, for creating a a very good successful group um, that's about a lot more than what I intended it to be in the beginning you know right it was just going to be this uh, this fun group downtown but it's constantly evolving and changing into something more and and I'm kind of responsible to to talk the talk with that, you know, to match up with it, I think. Have you had to, like, uh, get more involved in the, the policy aspect of it, uh, learning about, you know, planning, city planning, or or uh, where, or is, are you approaching it more from the community perspective, the voice of a community? How, how do you see your role in, in that process? Absolutely, the uh, a voice of a, a cycling community and just one aspect of the cycling community because it has a lot of different uh, aspects throughout the city on the north side you know and, and actually in the the more uh, suburban parts of town you have road riding groups and things like that and maybe some mountain bike groups downtown it's a little bit different it's more of a urban environment you have urban riding uh, so I kind of feel like I'm a lot closer to, the, to that part of the community and I, I speak for them mainly but a lot of our concerns downtown are the same concerns as everybody riding else. We want safe roads, you know, we want uh, some protected right-of-ways, you know, we want to be safer for sure. And that's a little bit of everyone. And you were part of the first master plan, the second master plan, the third master plan. Yeah. yeah <laughs> How yeah. many versions of that bicycle master plan do we have yeah, so far? They're all <laughs> gathering dust though somewhere. And I know the new, we have a new transportation uh, director and she's really big on 
I'm revamping that. It needs to be revamped, and this time through a lens of equity. So, so that's very important. You know, we, we need to start it over and, and look at it a different way than we have before. Um, and that's not to say that we're going we're gonna to wait around for a couple of years, because I'm also with the group called Activate SA, and they have some plans, and they want to get some, a few safe bike corridors onto the, the uh, bond cycle for 2022, which means we got to get some things out there in front of city council in the next two months. So, so it's kind of a, a duality there. We need to get some, uh, some things on the ground and complete right now, but at the same time, for the long-term benefit of the cycling community, we need that uh, bicycle master plan updated, uh, and that needs to drive progress from here on out. So, Jeff, I mean, you, you've been extremely successful in, in not only forming this group, but leading this group. I mean, I, I am impressed every time I see you take the lead of that group. You had at least 250 cyclists behind you. Do you think that in, in regards to everything that has to do community involvement, is there still an opportunity for us to create like succession planning, more people engaged or involved in this process? Because it seems that it's a handful and, and basically it's you and maybe how many others are really trying to push this out? Yeah, well, well there's uh, what, what I do is definitely a team oriented, it's grassroots oriented. So there's new people coming up throughout the, the cycling community, not as much or as fast as I would like to see it, but, but there's a tremendous amount of room for that. Um, I know there's a new uh, San Antonio Lady Riders group in town. They're making some great waves, doing very similar things to what we did with just uh, women, you know, which gives them a, a very comfortable environment to be in, and they can do a lot of creative, uh, good things for the for the the, uh, the cycling community. Um, it, yeah, we almost need to have some sort of a an incubator group for for cycle leadership. I think maybe something like that uh, but it, there's definitely room for many others to to grow their own bike groups or even for this bike group to split off or it's going to keep evolving and changing someone else will come along and and do it better than i do there's a lot of conversation around infrastructure every time we speak about cycling it's about infrastructure the education component seems to often fall on the side have you have you noticed that am i being unfair and making no, that no, assessment no no it, it gets uh, it gets pushed to the side people want to see um, they want to see concrete changes on the ground and they overlook the the real value of, of changing the mindset of, of not just cyclists but of car drivers and things like that and to me that's that's a big a big opportunity that's going kind of untapped right now uh, un no one's really chasing that, and we need to. We need to, uh, I think we could spend a, a lot less investment and get a lot more for our, our, our return in regards to uh, changing people's mind, educating them, knowing who the cyclists are, what the cyclists' rights are, and, and what they can do as drivers to make the city safer, right? And, and even the politicians need to come in on that education as well. You know, we need to educate city council and the county commissioners um, you know, there, there are more people riding bikes now than ever before. They're in every council district. They're in every, you know, commissioner's district. Um, we're not going to go back to a, a time where there's just a couple hundred cyclists on the streets of San Antonio. There's thousands, thousands and thousands more than there were last year, year and a half ago. There, there is. And um, how, you know, it, it's been a, a couple of hard three years. Uh, Tito and Dr. Kairos, and now our, our latest Beatrice. Uh, Beatrice. Yes. 
uh, those were really hard moments for the cycling community. And how how did the community react? And and where do you think, you know, the efforts that you're making can contribute to maybe reducing those sort of accidents? Yeah. So um, that was really really difficult on the community because it hit both aspects of the cycling community. Tito, obviously, the downtown urban cyclist. Dr. K. Ruse with the uh, the, the road riders and the, the guys that are out training hard for charity rides, and there's thousands on both in both of those camps. Um, and it was just bizarre that it happened within two months of each other. The, the entire cycling community is affected really quickly in a, ma a massively negative way. Um, and we thought, well, yeah, this is going to do it. If this doesn't change things, you know, nothing will. And the city should come out and, and make some concrete plans. And we had... We had several politicians who did stand up with us, uh, notably uh, Mayor Nuremberg. He was right alongside cyclists um, uh, and a few others, but um, but they couldn't do it on their own, and so not much changed. And and that was uh, that was definitely heartbreaking and, and frustrating time um, for, for the community. What was the second part of that? Uh, well, no, that that was. Uh it's a hard one. You're absolutely right. And I remember that that time it was uh, the previous election and Dr. Um, Mayor Nierenberg came out and he he got together, I think, with the um, 8020 Foundation and they put together a fund of the a Live matching to Ride. grant the of 200000 right? The Live to Ride Fund, and, yeah. But what happened to that? I mean, so the Live to Ride, yeah, yeah. So the Live to Ride Fund is um, uh, actually, I'm, I need to write a, uh, a press release for them. They, they're together. They have uh, some monies. Uh, we raise approximately $30,000 the first year and a half and COVID kind of shut down our activities and everything like that. So um, just recently we had a meeting, we decided on a couple different projects that were, that had been brought up to, uh, to the board, or not the board, just uh, the you know, advisors, I guess is what we are, uh, fund advisors. Um, and so they are going to award out two different uh, kind of grants to two different organizations. One is Activate SA, and I think the other one is Gasillo Cycling Initiative, uh, much smaller. But um, So they, there's that, and it's ongoing, and there's also going to be plans to start raising funds again because uh, we haven't gotten nearly that $200,000 uh, matching uh, limit yet. So we have a, a lot of room to grow. And okay, so so if we were going back to that, what what is it that we need? What what do you think we need in San Antonio? If we really want to, uh, what's the catalyst? What what's going to really drive the change? Because yeah. we thought that uh, the unfortunate moments that we lived the, bad things, the past yeah. three years, they didn't do it. Yeah. They didn't do it. So what's yeah. the catalyst? What, because it, it seems that we get excited, but it yeah. doesn't seem that it takes us to the next level. And we haven't reached that uh, critical uh, critical mass, no pun intended there, but a critical mass of cyclists that can can act as a block, a voting block, a, a, a political block. And we have Bike San Antonio now, which is kind of just still starting up. Uh, it needs uh, maybe a little bit more structure. It needs a lot more cyclists to get behind them, uh, and they can kind of be the voice of the community, the cycling community, and and they can be the ones to give these concerns directly to city council, county commissioners, uh, to the mayor himself. So, mm -hmm. so we need to get um, our bicycle advocacy house in order here in San Antonio, and that's going to be bike bike SA. Mm -hmm. uh, there's got to be multiple steps to do that, and I think they're ongoing, but it's just like everything else. San Antonio has its own time frame and it moves pretty slowly, you know. Yeah. 
So if we were to think about, you know, five years from now, what do you expect? Five years from now is what I hope. Um, well, five years from now, I know that there are going to be tremendously more people working and living downtown. So we're going to have a density of population like we've never had in San Antonio before. And it will be approaching downtown Austin in terms of uh, diversity and density. And so that in itself should drive a lot of policy changes and infrastructure changes both. So we should see at least a downtown area with a lot more bike infrastructure, a lot more awareness for, for cycling, the cycling community in, in regards to safety. Um, we should by then have uh, the Howard Peak Trail system built out so it is actually a, a ring around San Antonio with the San Antonio River going through it. And we should have a dozen or so kind of built out spokes of uh, protected bike highways going from population centers out to that, that Howard Peak Trail system, which would give everybody in different these different population centers um, and and that has to be done through a, a lens of equity as well so the west side the lower west side the east side as well as the north side there's all going to be somewhat connected uh, not street by street but certainly area by area where you can get onto a, a protected bike lane and make your way to the uh, to the trail system um, but also that spoke system, that bike superhighway, needs to be able to accommodate people that are commuting around town. So that, along with what the city's doing constantly and building up bike lanes and, and bike facilities, that needs to come together. We need to have a basic, um, a basic way for people to commute, especially into downtown and out of downtown for work. You know, you know it's, it's still a service-related industry downtown. There's a lot of people that work downtown, they can't afford to live downtown. So. We need to give them opportunities on how to get back and forth uh, to their jobs. They can be with via, with with uh, via and taking your bike, something like that. But we need to, and we do need to work with via. They're another one of our partners uh, for a strong, you know, active transportation, but a cycling community that partners with via. How do we prepare leaders in the cycling community? What would what would you, for example, in the position that you're in, and going back to this idea of succession planning? Who are we preparing? Who's getting engaged? I mean, I'm, I'm super excited that Tomika's here and that she's going yeah. to be taking that role, but how do we really prepare the community? So uh, I know one of the good things is that a lot of the younger people that are coming up, they're, they're, very, they're very different from the older generation like me. They're tech savvy. Uh, they're not afraid to get out and, 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 and speak their mind. So I'm confident that, that we're going to have a lot of younger leaders rise up through the ranks, and, I, and there's some already that are that are starting out. Um, I think it's a different in the um, difference in their personality types, their modes of operation. That's going to be the big change, you know. And there's going to be a lot more, a lot more people, and a, and more well equipped to deal with changing the system than there ever has been. I hope, and I think that's right. Well, thank you very much. I mean, this has been uh, a super enlightening conversation about cycling in San Antonio and also uh, about your leadership style. I, I do have to tell you, I, I see a servant leader and in uh, the way that you started, you know, doing and now you're you're in this position. I'm, I'm sure that thank you. Yeah, I, I hope that there's a lot more, uh, you know, <laughs> more people in your group that are, are going to be coming up uh, the ranks. I hope so. And whatever I can do to help them, I'm going to keep trying, you know, because that's yeah. Yeah, we need another generation for sure. We do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, what are you writing right now? 
What's your bicycle? Oh, oh my bike. So uh, I have uh, my Surly Krampus, you know, which is, uh, that's my go-to. That's, that's a, a bike. The I'm big wheel one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 29 by 3. And I'm probably going to drop that to 29 by 2.4 or 2.3. Um, and I have a Salsa uh, Fargo, which is kind of a similar bike, 29 and 2.3, which is more of a, a touring backpacking wow. bike. And then I have a gravel bike. But I, uh, I'm always in the process. I'm going to change it. My ideal... Uh, Next bike is maybe going to be a little folding Brompton or something like that. Yeah. I've always wanted one of those. So something like that. Maybe not that high end, but a folding bike for sure is something I want to experiment with and, yeah. and, and try out. And you're also a big uh, pet advocate and, and you love your... You have, what, four or five dogs? I have two dogs. <laughs> I have two dogs with Wait, it. Didn't, didn't you have pictures with many of them? I, I remember uh, seeing They were mine. Oh, they okay, definitely okay. were mine. Yeah, I had three dogs at one time. That's the most I've ever had. But yeah, uh, yeah I like that. And, and, yeah. and I'm around a lot of people that are definitely pet advocates. And, and, yeah. and so, yeah, I'm, I'm a part of that community. It, it kind of goes together. Pets, bikes, and beer. And, and coffee. And coffee. And, yeah, all of that. Yeah. Well, fantastic. Well, Jeff, thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed our conversation with Jeff Moore and you would like to get active and meet super fun people, join the SATX Social Ride. Make sure you visit their Facebook page at SATX Social Ride for weekly rides and activities. And finally, make sure to check out InspireLeadership.com a leadership development organization that uses behavioral science to turn your leadership potential into performance. This month, you will be able to try several of the behavioral assessments for free, like our DISC and leadership motivations assessments. So if you would like to become a better leader overall, check out inspireleadership.com. Thanks again, and we will be in touch soon.